Is this a Patreon episode? This is not. I don't um, think so. I, I mean, can't hear anything. I don't think. Oh, really? Oh, it's because I unplugged that headphone set here. Unplugged me. Thought I wouldn't notice. Sorry. You, you know, we're in the business mic, of uh, silencing female voices. <laughs> That's what we do as Bernie Sanders supporters. Working 10 to 1 <laughs> is my longest work day. Every week goes by, and I just feel. Uh, I don't know what to say. Got it. Oh my God. So, um, all right. Before we get started today, I have a little bit of a article I want to read. Actually, I have two articles I want to read today. Maybe we can book in the episode with that. The first, though, just once I just want to get it right out the gate. Um, <coughs> this just uh, this just in. Pompeo says shrinking Arctic ice sea or sea ice presents new opportunities for trade. I told you, man. That's Andrew Cunanan tourism, baby. <laughs> just as I prophesied on the Patreon this week. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said Monday that the Arctic, a region that has been significantly impacted by climate change, presents, quote, opportunity in abundance when it comes to economic opportunity. The Arctic is at the forefront of opportunity in abundance, Pompeo said. It houses 13% of the world's undiscovered oil, 30% of its undiscovered gas, an abundance of uranium, rare earth minerals, <coughs> gold, diamonds, and mil millions of square miles of untapped resources, fisheries galore. Pompeo added that steady reductions in sea ice are opening new passageways and new opportunities for trade, noting that the developments could potentially slash the time it takes to travel between Asia and the West by as much as 20 days. <laughs> what? <laughs> this, by horse? Does this dumb bastard think the, the fucking British East India Company still... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he thinks we're riding whales across. Well, it's opening. So, so much sea ice is melting that there's sea lanes that are now opening. That would have been yeah. a huge boon if your name was, say, Amerigo Vespucci. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, they still ship things to. Where do you think all of the shit that says made in China, how do you think it gets here? On a, on a big ship. A coal barge. <laughs> They load it on top of the coal. Well, I understand they still do things by sea, but... <laughs> but does it take 20 days? Well, it will now, um, with not as much sea ice left. Oh, you're saying it takes more than that normally? Well, they're saying it could slash the time by as much as 20 days. So right now, I'd say it probably takes a few weeks. Um, they could probably get it down to like maybe a week or two now, if I had to guess. This just goes to show you how... Uh, <coughs> Truly disconnected we are from all commodity chains. Yeah. <laughs> At least me. No, I think you're right. Um, one of the things that I thought was so funny about it was uh, in the, yeah, this is in the Hill, and in one of the comments, there was like a lib guy that was like uh, trying to do like the hypocrisy thing. Like, well, I thought climate change wasn't real. I thought climate change was fake news. It's just like, Wake the fuck up. These people have known for a long time that climate change is happening, and they're trying to create a world in which they can continue to survive while the rest and of us just... And do what do they, yeah, <laughs> they need to do to... 
Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> I thought climate change wasn't real. <laughs> uh, anybody that thinks that uh, pointing out hypocrisy is the ultimate mic dropper in this the year of our Lord 2019 is... Uh, well, you're dumb, friends. A fool. Where are you first? Who's still reading the hill between besides you and this guy? <laughs> it's my question. Great question. Um, I like to. I don't read. I don't know. The hill is good. Um, hate reading. I guess. <laughs> it's the comms arm of the Biden campaign. Hate, hate reading is in. This is what you read when you hate yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I saw one of the biggest ratios today come from the hill saying that. Uh, Oh, it's amazing. Joe Biden's up 32 points in the latest polls over Bernie, and it was just... I saw that. You can really... You can tell you can tell the pulse by the ratio. I didn't read the article, but was it legit? Is Biden really up? I think, yeah, I think the poll was uh, people like 45 and older, <laughs> and um, like mostly concerned. Like, it was definitely weighted toward... In Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. <laughs> It's like the smallest community. Right, but. right. Yeah. What is Bernie's demo? Like 18 to 35? I don't know, but I'm just saying like it's probably not 45-year-old conservative. 45-plus oh, conservatives. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I know it's not teens. The teens are skeptical of Bernie. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> what are the you teens got, saying You got a pulse Bernie? on the teens. Well, I've just been reading this guy. Um, I, don't, I don't remember his <laughs> Joshua Citarelli, I think is his last name, um, and he wrote this thing Citarella, and he wrote this thing um, about how you know, like a lot of the content online is produced by teens, <coughs> the vast majority of it. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, it always has been. Very online. I mean, for, for, for all time, <laughs> teens have been producing most of the content. That's right. Even going back to prehistoric days. Unpaid labor. Right, right, right. Um, the old internet sweatshop. Yeah. I logged so many hours on ICQ when I was a teen. I live journaled my fucking life away. Same. What was your thing? Live journal? Zanga. Zanga? No, yeah. it wasn't live journal. I thought you said same. Mine was... It was like my open diary or some shit like that. It was like real, just extra emo. I don't know. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, it was. What? <laughs> I don't wow. even remember what it was. It was like a live journal, but it was. You got lured in some chat rooms mm -hmm. by old creepy man. Oh, I, I didn't. I, I did some luring in the chat rooms. <laughs> I was like 14 acting like I was AS 30 ASL in a fucking chat room. <laughs> did you throw out the ASL? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um so I uh when I was in college I like watched this movie um called Collapse um about this guy named Michael Rupert who uh was like I guess he was sort of like on the conspiracy line of conspiracy theories. I don't know. He like he wasn't a leftist necessarily. He was just kind of like a environmentalist. And he and I remember watching this movie and they interviewed him and he was like, the Republicans are cheering on climate change because the Arctic sea ice will melt. And uh, then they'll be able to have access to new trade routes and all the minerals. <coughs> so it was Damn, he called Yeah, it. and so I was like, and at the time I was like, that seems a little conspiratorial. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Yeah. Come on. And now it seems very much like that is exactly what they want. I mean, they they... 
they mined coal between here and Harlan to shave off <laughs> five minutes of a 20-minute drive. Yeah, true. Well, is it all about improving trade routes? It's, it's, all, about, it's all about improving <laughs> trade routes. <laughs> they built a $2 million bridge in Bell County just as a coal haul road. <laughs> yeah. The bridge to nowhere. The bridge to nowhere. Every, just I think so every county could, in eastern Kentucky has a bridge to nowhere. <laughs> just so they could haul coal out of there. Two right. million dollar bridge. Just this huge bridge goes to the now. Co- they call them coal synergy projects, right? Yeah. It's like, well, now it goes, first it it goes to a wilderness ATV park now is oh. what, they were, what they're calling it. And of course, it, they started having these annual four-wheeler festivals and somebody <laughs> dies every year because it's literally a combination of moonshine and dust. <laughs> And high-powered vehicles, like ATVs. Can you name three things that have killed more Appalachians than dust, (laughs) ATVs, and moonshine? No. Now, combine all three of those and call that economic development. That's it. That's it. This this goes back to the depopulation plan. Oh, yeah. Um, But now... One of the most recent power grants went to this wilderness place, and they gave them like 10 mil or something, 5 or 10 mil to create a big, like a a petting zoo, essentially. It's like an elk viewing facility. Elk viewing in Pineville, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be raccoon pet zoo over there. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to start a rabies outbreak in Bell County. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a possum petting zoo, which honestly sounds pretty cool. What's so funny about all that is it's so transparently bullshit, though. Like, all they're doing is throwing up a little structure and saying, oh, come look at the elk, while they can mine the fuck out of it, and then get (laughs) grants to, like, Uh you know, put, like, 2% of it toward building the facility, and then 98% goes in people's pockets. And all of this was granted. They probably got, I don't know, maybe 20% more mining, um, what do you call them? Life, not contracts or whatever oh yeah permits permits, permits yeah. yeah they probably got 20 percent more permits because of their reclamation plan was economic development right. instead of just putting it back or whatever <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so they played they rode that pony to the end. i would also love to know the budget for every time they have to spray paint over the graffiti that they keep covering up on the bridge like local That's yeah it's like part. jimmy loves Susie, uh, and you yeah. know it's over and over or or like fuck Joe Tackett, you know, yeah. just it's big lanterns on the bridge. Or what I saw, the best graffiti I saw was at uh, Kingdom Come State Park. It just said, Weenie in the butt. <laughs> Here good. on tour. Weenie in the butt. Well, um, I am, I am, is it, would you say two for one? No, I think I'm one for two <laughs> on trillbilly's fandom at the apple shop this week because late last week i have to report that some dedicated fan who saw us on means tv who had terrible handwriting i couldn't read most of the postcard they sent mm-hmm. to apple shop i'm so sorry i could not read what you said all i saw was I like i i was busy i checked my mail i saw the postcard it said trillbilly workers party saw you all found you all through means tv oh. couldn't read some more of it then I have no idea where it went. Damn. So I didn't even get to finish reading it, and I don't know who sent it. Please. Probably some of our, some probably some of the haters. I was going to say, someone, there, someone it lost it. Probably Ben Fink running through the paper shredder. <laughs> he, he ain't oh. been to Apple Shop in months. Someone, sa- someone sabotaged uh, Someone sabotaged us. Yeah, I don't know where it went. I had it in my hand. It was gone. 
I have no idea. I've looked everywhere. I put out a couple uh, APBs on it. <laughs> so, one for two. What's so, that's the one I that was my loss. That was a loss, but yeah. you got to win? Got to win today. A woman called who was a f- who is a founder of Rounder Records. Okay. What's that? Rounder Records? Do, I know, do you know what that is? It's a record label. Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guessed. <laughs> I don't, we got we gathered that much. It's like a lot of country and folk. Okay. Right. Um, they're they're also celebrating their fiftieth. Apparently, I learned all this today. Anywho, she called to talk to me because she's a Trillbillies fan. No shit. She loves Trillbillies. She couldn't figure out Patreon, so mm. she is taking the bold step that maybe we should all take. Passing Patreon and sending us a check. <laughs> Which got, promptly got deposited Tanya's account. <laughs> well, I told her. <laughs> it was she, addressed to me. She said she asked me how to do it. And she said, do I make it out to Apple Shop? Mm. Do I make it out to Trillbilly? I said, you make it out to Tanya Bernice <laughs> Turner. <laughs> and I'll see that it gets to the right party. Interesting. <laughs> now... We'll see what happens. Tell and give us a record. Then. Well, at, depending on how big it is, is whether I'll see if it turns up or not. Mm, okay. Y'all may never see me again. I'd, ca- I'd count that as a W, sure. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. But One for two. it was very. Uh, Marion was her name. That's a good name. So thanks for calling, Shout out Marian. Marian. Thanks, Marian. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I hope her and I have a lot more. Also, shout out to our friend with the bad handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Please resend that. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> maybe have somebody else fill it out for you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe get a ghost writer and shoot me another version of that. Thank you. Um, I was so upset, but and I thought I would find it. That's why I hadn't told you all already. But after five days, uh, I feel like I got. Uh, I got to just. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it was tell. a cryptic message. Like Krakatoa, you know how that was on the yeah. last colony row note? Maybe <laughs> you, you weren't to, supposed to read it. You have to decrypt it. It, it self-destructed after yeah. I mm-hmm. sat it down Some somewhere. guy in Australia, their body's going to wash up on a beach, and they're going to have the same <laughs> thing in their jacket pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been missing since 1957. <laughs> um, well, yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to the shirt that Matt Carter sent me today that he saw at Little Caesars that... I've been trying that we've all been trying to make sense of since then. First annual right to bear arms run at uh, the Confederates Motorcycle Club. Um, it has Second Amendment on the back, but here's what I'm not sure what they're trying to say. They put dates on it like they dated the lifespan of the seven- Second Amendment, 1791 to 2013. Like what happened in 2013 to end the second? The end Obama's the second term started. <laughs> <laughs> Which that would be a pretty funny take if he was like, I was just seeing him. I was I was giving him the benefit of the doubt his first term, but his second term became clear. <laughs> it became clear to me he was gunning from our Taylor. <laughs> I don't understand that, but it did give me a funny idea that um, we, when if and when the rev ever does come. The, uh, I thought you were going to say, if and when we ever get our T-shirts. If and when we ever get our T-shirts. Which would be its own sort of rave. Yeah. <laughs> then um, making the MAGA chuds run 5Ks would be pretty funny. Like having, it would be like a sort of like baton death march in its own way. 5K's like they have not to. that long. I've done a 5K and I'm no. Fuck, really? 
Yeah. Have you seen most of MAGA chads though? You run 5K. Well, I haven't ran a 5K recently, but I have walked many 5Ks. <laughs> and they're not, I mean, I, ro- I roller skated a 5K. I rode bike 5K. You roller skated a 5K? Yes. Well, I think what My Terrence has in mind these. is that somebody will stick a gun to their head and make them run. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. It ain't even three miles. Um, It's not? No, Dude, I don't know anything. A five k is less than the loop at uh, fish pond. At fish pond. No shit. Okay. Well, the only reason I thought of this because it's the right to bear arms run, which Tom then informed me that that's actually a motorcycle thing. I thought it was if I thought they were running a five. That's when you fill your saddlebags up yeah. and head to Sturgis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm with you. Let's. Ma- I mean. I feel like most of these motorcycle riders can barely walk Yeah. to their motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's the point. Like, if you can just be as paranoid as possible and think that the world is sort of coming after you, you don't have to really... Y'all ever, y'all ever been to, uh, not participated in, but just been in the same town where there's a biker rally going on? Yeah, here every Monday, every Saturday. <laughs> First Saturday first of every month. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Bike, bike Week. Bike Week is insane. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. We yeah. went. This is the ultimate own for my mom was, you know, <clears throat> when tax returns came in, we'd go straight. She'd come pull us out of school. As soon as they come in. She'd come pull us out of school. We'd go straight to Myrtle Beach. Mm. Three years running. For the bike rally? Well, no, it just so happened that they were right around tax time. As soon as she got her check, we'd head to Myrtle Beach, and we did it two years in a row, and it was fucking bike week. And she's like, fuck it. Next year, we're going to wait a week. I can't deal with this bike shit. So she, we waited a week. We went the following week. It was black biker week. <laughs> oh, that is right. Yeah, that is right. Wait, so it's segregated? There's yes, like a biker week and then a black bike yes, week? Yes, yeah. The motorcycle world, even at the 1% level, like the outlaws, is very segregated. Like they ride together, but there's no intermingling of the races. Well, as you might imagine, <coughs> Black Biker Week was much less hell. <laughs> it was just like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, it was probably pretty pretty chill. Yeah, it was much more chill than Raged Out White Biker Week at Myrtle Beach. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the North Myrtle Beach Hotel one year. I was probably junior in high school during Bike Week, and I was with a friend of mine we called Rainbow Trout. <laughs> Real name Josh Blair, <clears throat> and uh, we were out on the, you know, the like the, here was the pool and the deck, and it was facing the street where all the bikes are and every, everything like that. And Josh had been sipping a little ripple and started getting a little lippy with a guy that uh, his real name was Rick, but they call him the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Little redheaded motherfucker. Look, looked like the Lucky Charms dude. But had this fucking hot-ass wife with him. Like, and, you know, she was done up. You know what I mean? Had the little chaps on and everything else. That's all she had on. And yeah. uh, Josh made the mistake of flirting with her a little bit. And Rick, a.k.a. the pumpkin, walked up and said, handed Josh his business card. He said, I want you to call J&J Construction down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and ask them why the fuck they call me the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> oh my God. Josh looked at him like, yes, sir. <laughs> Backed off. Did he do Call down. Yeah. Later, we made friends with them. They came back to the deck, and, you know, she was. So the Rainbow Trail in the style. Great Pumpkin 
eventually bridge their differences. Some, you know, it's like any good pro. Some enemies <laughs> become friends. Some friends become enemies. <laughs> and then they found common ground. <laughs> Rainbow is, Trout and the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> a, a story, a story for our uh, political <clears throat> moment, really. Yeah. This when we uh, release our Trillbillies tarot deck, this will be the uh, in description on the lovers card. Rainbow trout and great pumpkin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> friends become enemies. Enemies become <laughs> friends. <laughs> it's all in the most. That's how politics works, you know. You know. That's why Joe Biden and John McCain um, they saw past their differences and the things they didn't have in common to focus on the things they did have in common, and frankly, we're better for it. Yeah. As a society, as right. a country. Right, right, right. I agree. <laughs> you okay, Tanya? No, I might have a heart attack. You're I hit, coughing? Listen, I hit my inhaler before I come up here, hoping that that would be a preventative measure. Uh-huh. But. Damn. Do you need some, like, cough medicine? No, I don't want to take your drugs. <laughs> I, no, I don't want to robo-trip with you, Terrence. <laughs> it's Tuesday. You want to feel good? <laughs> I might just die up here and then Tom will have to haul no. me down these steps on his Y'all back. Y'all had a robo trip. <clears throat> no, I, I haven't and I'll tell you why. I had a friend in high school who uh, liked to do it and I was always around him when he did it and it just turned him into the weirdest person. Yeah. And so like I was like, I don't know if this is something I want to do. <laughs> Same. It made me sick and I just like puked it up. So I really didn't trip. And then after that, I was like, couldn't. Because one of my best friends in high school, I drove him around robo tripping all the time. <laughs> Has like anybody ever died from a Robitussin buzz? <laughs> <laughs> did you come close no I, it's a hellish experience that's what i've heard that's it's not fun for like two hours and then it's fun <laughs> the first two hours are oh, man i wish the days when tom did drugs granted i guess i didn't know you when you were robo tripping but i used to do drugs again a little bit yeah <laughs> um well, I don't remember the last time I actually even took Robitussin, even as in medicine. I don't remember the last time I took medicine, period. As, as medicine. As medicine. It's <laughs> 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 allergy season. I'm so doped up right now. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I guess I take my morning like Zoloft and, you know, heartburn medication and asthma medication. But Well, I'm, I'm, while we're talking about this, let me tell you what I learned yesterday. You know Natasha, the photographer downtown? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was talking to her, and I was talking about maybe getting some shots for us, you know, like some like re- legitimate promo materials instead of just, you know. Boudoir? Yeah, we're going to do we're, boudoir. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do, all three of us going to do boudoir shots. There's going to be that, There's going to be a shot of me, like, sort of on a bed like this with my ass <laughs> popped out and a thong on. And Tom going... Yeah, just point at it. Last, I wish I had it. I'm. This is my. This is my biggest uh, insecurity. Like I would just wish I had an ass, like a bigger ass. That's your biggest insecurity. Yeah, and me too. No Same. ass. No ass. Speaking of asses, I got. I, had a bigger I ass. got a bug bite or something in my like ass crack, <laughs> like pretty close to my butthole. <laughs> I'm telling you this as I'm putting my ass in your face. <laughs> No, I'm as far away from you as I can get on this couch physically right now. I'm not sure what else I can do. You don't even look happy to be that, that distance. Uh, are you dealing with a bed bug situation? No, I think it's because like in the daytime I like to lay out there on the ground and 
Good son. <laughs> Just covered ticks. Just covered lizard <laughs> man. He's gonna be anemic because he's got a hundred ticks on him. Just slowly sucking his life force out. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's, it what, is I, that's what I've been doing season. up here on my hill. I'm, you know, I'm getting tanned. I'm getting some sun. Mm. I'm gonna look like you. You know, you you're Am always tan? you're always tanned, Tanya. I'm going to Cali next week. I'm trying to definitely get in the sun. Yeah, I got me some good sun. Wait, let me tell you what Natasha Anyways, told me. I'm sorry. Before we get too far away from this. About yeah. our... This is amazing. Did you know? Did you know? That you can take Mucinex to help you get pregnant? No. What? Because it doesn't just thin mucus up here. Oh, it thins mucus all over? Yes. No shit. That's a... That's what. Wait, well, how does your thinning vaginal f- mucus, vaginal <laughs> fluid, help you get pregnant? I have no idea. She just told me that yesterday. She's not pregnant. <laughs> I mean, she's never had a baby. How does she know this? Look, this old wives' tale. Uh, well, but but mucinex has only existed for like maybe twenty years, a bit. A new wives' tale. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> apparently, apparently, it makes the. You know, I've not fact-checked it, but it makes the <laughs> sperm easier to travel. <laughs> it's got less mm. mucus to wade through. Yeah. It's, it's just, just weird to me because I can tell through. when I'm ovulating because I'm thicker. Like, my juice is thicker. Okay. At ovulation. so And that's when you're good, well, that's when you're supposed to get pregnant. There, uh, I don't know. This is a rumor, but it looks like there is no scientific evidence that it improves fertility. The active ingredient... Guaifenesin, I've never known how to say that word, is usually taken to thin the mucus in the lungs. It also can thin the cervical mucus. However, there's no evidence that this helps people get pregnant. So, it does seem like, though, the underlying theory here is correct. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened to help you get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) A menstrual cup. Menstrual cups will help you get pregnant. Why? What is it? It holds the semen in. But would that be, wouldn't that be counterintuitive? Then you wouldn't be able to get your your eggs uh, impregnated if it held all the semen in there, like a dam. No, in your body. Oh, it holds it in there, and so the sperm can just swim around forever until they find their place, until they find their wife. Yeah, yeah. Popular uh, queer way to get pregnant. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? Semen in a menstrual cup. Oh, you, you come in the menstrual cup and then you put it in you. Yeah. Oh, that's the way to go. $40 uh, versus $1,500. Damn. Um, what do they call it? That's the way I'm trying to procreate. Insemination. Does anybody want to bear my child? We don't have to have sex. I will come in a menstrual cup, and then you can put it in you. And uh, <laughs> I'm done having sex. I don't want to anymore. <laughs> I, I just... I was about to ask, why are you... <laughs> you want a kid? You don't... What is the... You're just not interested in it. Makes anymore. you weak willed and <laughs> Yes. Exactly. You can get mo- can't you get money for sperm in a sperm bank? Not yeah. mine. Well, you know, they have those mine robots either. now that you fuck the robot in it. Oh yeah. Sucks to come out of you. <laughs> oh, the Chinese robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It'd be crazy if if somebody pointed out when that picture was going around Twitter. You, they make you stand in the hallway too while you do that. That'd be wild. Publicly. What? It's not even no, private. You, you don't. But like, wouldn't that be crazy if you just walk into <laughs> ARH and everybody's just like, fucking robots. Fucking robots. <laughs> and My God. They should put one of those things <clears throat> in the, you know, have you ever seen the robots that stock produce at the grocery stores? They should just put a little sperm receptacle in that. So 
while you're shopping, you get horny, you can fuck the produce robot. <laughs> <laughs> and they they just and then like you just hear a voice coming up in the intercom, well, for your convenience, we've uh we've added roving sex robots. They're self cleaning, so you don't have to worry about, you know. Right. And it can feed you an apple or something. It just reach around, Yeah. Grab an apple. Whatever you want, once your butthole fingered. <laughs> The roving produce robot finger your butthole while you shop. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> well, they have these at discount grocery stores. Um, I feel like this is an elite. Yeah. No, that though it's only at Save a Lot. <laughs> Exclusively at Save or Aldi. Aldi. That's a little more highbrow, lowbrow. I love Aldi. But uh, they have those, and then when you go to the uh, floral section, they just blow up <laughs> sex dolls. So it's just like just the perviest grocery store you've ever been to. Instead of balloons? The perviest yeah. grocery. <laughs> yeah. Everything ex- is extraordinarily perfect. They don't perverted. sell you any fruit or vegetables. <laughs> don't look like a fucking dick. Yeah, no. All the shelves are just stocked <laughs> with... English cucumbers from wall to wall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fucking uh, uh, eggplant for the, not for the faint of heart. Mm. You want to put your feet up there, Tom? Sorry. No, well, I'm you fine. can. I'm just saying, uh, if you unplug yourself, you won't be able Help to. Help this man get comfortable, will you? Okay. You He's go. had a long day of <laughs> reading emails. <laughs> I'm reeling, y'all. <clears throat> Have you been on a call today? I've been on a few. Yeah. I, I, a few focus. calls. I can't focus. I can't do my work because <laughs> I lost out on my riches that. Yeah, tell tell the people what happened at Derby Day. Oh yeah, I forgot about Derby. He's not recovered, I can tell. Yeah, I lost. So, a th- so when you say, or anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. No, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Say what happened to you, and then I'm going to ask my question. I had a three thousand dollar ticket taken from me. So <laughs> you didn't lose three thousand dollars. No, I lost thirty six dollars. Okay. So when you said that on Saturday, I thought you lost. Because after you left on Saturday night, Tanya, I was telling him, I was like, well, all right, man, what you got to do is you gotta, you've got to bet and get get it back. You've got to win it back. You've got to bet more and get that. Now, if I'd have lost $3,000, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'd me laying face down the goddamn iceberg swimming pool, it ain't open yet. <laughs> you had Lanny Day, Jim Cottle, and the boys come. Yeah. Just... Fucking <laughs> like spatula me off the bottom. <laughs> he was a good boy. <laughs> oh, shit. I, just I imagine. Remember when we had that pool party <clears throat> and Tom did the flip over the plastic chair? Yeah, yeah. That was very. That was very. People don't respect my athleticism. <laughs> and Alex was so mad. She was like, "Why are you doing this? Why?" Tom is very. I went to watch him play tennis one time. Oh, God. Deceptively athletic. They, you, you know, to be fair, I got lost. your ass kicked. <laughs> but, <laughs> got me, but. Better than I could fine. do. Anyways, so you didn't lose $3,000. You lost a $3,000 potential gain. No, I won. I hit the ticket. It would have been about $3,000, nine cents and something payout for how many times I had it. And when they disqualified the horse and bumped him down to 17th, then I no longer had the winner. So I had it. Because you bet. I had the winner for 22 minutes the and second. then they just jerked it out of me. Yeah, I had him, I had him second today. What's funny to me is that you bet, you placed your bet on the horse that ended up winning. 
but you would bet him to come in second. To come in second, right? What's that? To place. No, 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 you no. Country, country house, didn't house? I had country house plugged in second. Right, that's second. what I'm saying. Right. So you placed your bet on the horse that ended up winning. Yeah, I play. I just played maximum security on top. I thought he was a cock block cinch. Just he was going to win. Mm-hmm. And then I played country house and a couple other horses in second. And so, yeah. Well, and little, you little. said that you figured out that. The disqualification meant $9 million back to the house. Yeah, what's the theory behind this? It's a $9 million swing to the house. And why? Wow. All the gambling institutions have been taking a massive hit since Tiger Woods won the Masters. Because so many people have futures bets that Tiger Woods would not win another major in his career. Uh-huh. Okay. And he won another major. And so Vegas, when that happened, Vegas took one of its biggest one-day hits ever. Really? And so, yeah, it's just like people put out future bets against Tiger Woods. What are called futures? <laughs> or you four, four, or oh. four that he what? will win another what? major. What? What would that do to someone's self-esteem if someone <laughs> had literally placed a bet that you would never get another paying job? <laughs> what does that do to somebody? God you damn. think it's Terrence Ray? You get a good price on it. Yeah, you, that would. <laughs> It is very actually, actually, I take that back. There's no money to be made in betting on Terrence not getting a job. It's very likely I will never get another paying job. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, there's you'd be Terrence surprised is what looking you can for sugar on. daddies. Yeah. I'm thinking of just going off the grid, really. Just living in the woods and... <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: he's not gonna, needing, <laughs> exiting the the money economy altogether. He's gonna build a tiny house out of dirt and rocks. <laughs> exactly. Him and Leon are gonna set up an assembly line. Well, there's a guy that lives in a cave uh, outside of Hazard, and um, he's he, invited he, you to come he live seems with him. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, I might go live with him for a little bit. He seems nice. You'll bath in this tub over here that has that is a <laughs> that pond. You know this. Is is this the gravity bong over here? Oh, that's my vape, my my. Uh, what do they call it? Potpourri vapor, desktop vape. Wow. Yeah. You have a whole tub for your vape. Well, I just put it down there because uh, I was trying to get it out of your way. How nice Normally, you? it sets as co-pilot. Right. <laughs> right. Um. Anyways, I'm sorry. Um. Who? What do you call the people that are like the uh, the uh, Unabomber acolytes? They're Unabomber. The guy that. I don't know. Ted Kaczynski, like, what do you call his followers? Like, eco-terrorists or something? Like, you know, like, they're the eco... Yeah, they're like... There's a word for them, though. I don't know. Weirdos? No. Uh, you hold your you hold your tongue. Yeah, you bite your goddamn tongue, <laughs> all right? <laughs> uh, what's the word? What do you call it? I don't know, Tom. You might be getting mixed up with somebody else. The guy that bombed the Atlanta Olympics went to live in the woods for, like... Until he went to live in jail. Until yeah, remember he lived. He headed out in the Smoky Mountains. Do y'all remember when my coworker, her cousin, came back from Afghanistan, <clears throat> shot his girlfriend's new man, and then hid in the woods for like three weeks, and she took him food. <laughs> no. And the FBI came after. Her. Y'all don't remember this? I don't know if you ever told us this. No. <laughs> that seems like a pretty glaring omission. <laughs> Maybe she didn't tell us this because she didn't want word getting out. Were you like sworn to secrecy at the time? At the time. But I'm sure that's past now, right? Statue of limitations. Yeah. <laughs> it's been eight years or better. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, our no boss idea. had to talk to the FBI and like uh, convince them that she was a good girl or something. I don't know. 
That's fucking nuts. But yeah, she was like hiding in food in the woods. Well, I know it can be done. Um, <laughs> With someone who will hide your food. That's true. Um, I bet Tom would, would do some supply drops for you. Would you, Tom? Maybe once a month. Probably would. He'd drop you a probably. sack of weed and an inhaler and a... That's <laughs> albuterol, <laughs> weed, <laughs> yeah. <and> cat food. <laughs> 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 for you. <laughs> Just eating kibble out in the woods. You and Leon sharing a bowl. Um. So, but anyways, a- anyway, I mean, you know... I'm not willing to lend much credence to some of their tactics, but um, maybe subverting and and rendering of none effect the American dollar might be a way to fly about the rev. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how you go. Not to sound like a cryptocurrency weirdo or anything, but like, what if we just devalued all their like, and all of a sudden Warren Buffett ain't worth shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because guess what? The only currency that spins, baby, is encouragement. It doesn't matter. You know. (laughs) You know why? Because I read this thing, I listened to this thing today. Um, 60% of global as- assets are tied up in real estate. Yeah. Oh, really? 60%. I thought you were going to say are all just completely digital. Uh, no, they're tied up in real estate, land, uh, well, buildings. Well, the other 40% is all digital. <laughs> like what? Like uh, URLs? Believe. No. Vapor. <laughs> Vapor. <laughs> Just the cloud. Vape shops. Vape it's all vape type, 40% is tied up in the vape shops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Recently, a friend told me that a, a mutual friend of ours had bought blocks of silver as an investment. Really? A rube. That's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I just stared at his face for a long time. <laughs> How would you do that? If you, were, if you had gold, you just take a cheese grater and go into the restaurant and just grate some gold flakes <laughs> onto the table. <laughs> I really do not know. Um, um, Interesting. <coughs> but I still don't understand this future situation. Oh, you mean the future betting situation? Yeah. Yeah, how does it work? What do you mean? I mean so that means just it, just any, I could, I could place any bet basically about when, the when, future of Serena Williams' career. When yeah. Tiger Woods retires, if he has not won another grand slam or another ma- major championship, you get paid. Some people you can if, bet on, if he does win another major before his career's over and you place that bet before he won the major you lose. So so did he won at did he know what a fuck you his win was? Tiger? Well, probably, yeah. He so he was just like fuck I, the haters. I bet he bet it against himself. <laughs> yeah, like Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says he never bet against himself with your guy. Oh, he absolutely did. Um yeah, uh, you could you could bet on any goddamn thing. Yeah, you can bet on lit- literally <clears throat> anything. I really. bet I once placed a bet on what color Lady Gaga's hair would be at the halftime show. Had <laughs> a hot tip. <laughs> wow, you, you got it. You had a hot tip. You know her. Dude, no, listen to this. Listen to this. When my cousin was in this racket with this guy named Smoothie. <laughs> so many cousins. No, just Adam. Same guy. I always the talk guy about. Guy named Smoothie. He was he was partners with this guy named Smoothie. <laughs> And every year you could you could guarantee you he had two good good bets. The NFL draft and the Super Bowl halftime show. And occasionally the Oscars. Really? Yeah. I guess they just the organization he was working for just had the inside track on who was going where and yeah. what movies were winning and what Lady Gaga's hair color was going to be. That 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 is pretty unpredictable, so I could see how it would be a pretty big market for um yeah. Attracting bets. I wonder who the sucker out there that was like, like, bet on pink and then it's just like, God damn. 
What was it? What was the what was the hair color? I forget. It was like blue or something. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> she probably had a few changes throughout the show. Yeah. Um. I once tried to when I well when I went to Vegas that one time and fell in love with Vegas. Yeah. I found myself in the wrong casino, I guess, and tried to place a ten dollar bet at a blackjack table. And she was like, "You'll never find a bet under twenty dollars at the Mirage or whatever the fuck I was." <laughs> and I just had to stand there and look at this woman. If you've never, if you don't have any experience gambling, going to a casino is pretty intimidating. It's hard. I finally slipped in with Val, the woman I come to know who goes to the church in Chicago with the Obamas. What? That was her claim to tell us. That was her claim to fame. She goes to church with the Obamas in Chicago. Let me be clear. <coughs> Lord is my witness. I shall not go. Well, let me it. be clear. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and I speak in tongues now. <laughs> yeah, her and I. Yeah, however, her let me and be clear. I, let me put my hands on you. Her and I ran uh, a blackjack table for four hours outside of Amigo show in Vegas. That's some Christian. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Did can you, did anybody bet on the Met Gala? Can you bet on like? Is it gala or gala? I think it's one of those potato patata things. Does have you ever heard someone say patata? In different countries, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, tomato, tomato. Have you ever heard anyone say tomato? I have heard some people say tom- tomato. Yeah, really? English people. Tomato. I, I like to have some tomatoes in my. Basil. <laughs> my bum. Me and my Mich- bum. <laughs> me and Michelle watch one of those fucking British cooking shows, and it kills me. They kill me when they say shit like basil. Basil. Uh, the one that I don't understand at all is they say aluminum and like aluminium. <laughs> aluminium? There's not even an extra I in there. I don't know how the fuck <laughs> they get that. Vitamin's pretty crazy, too, instead of vitamin. Yeah. Vitamin. Schedule. Yeah. <laughs> well, Status. So, um, <laughs> since we're in the low-hanging fruit of content why don't we go to the reading (laughs) um this this is i guess you could consider it maybe part two of last week's episode just because it's written by the same person (laughs) uh it's in the new york times thanks for the content so this same dick writes for the new york times and the hill no this is um so remember last week we read the we read the article about the rich kid revolutionaries about resource generation. Yeah. It was written by this woman named Rachel Sherman. And she has a book called, and I will find it for you real fast. It is called Uneasy Street, The Anxieties of Affluence. Um, so this article is called What the Rich Won't Tell You. <clears throat> All right. Let me buckle in here. I've yeah. always wanted to know this. <laughs> what's up. <laughs> You're about to find out what's up. Over lunch in a downtown restaurant, Beatrice, a New Yorker in her late 30s, told me about two decisions she and her husband were considering. They were thinking about where to buy a second home and whether their young children should go to private school. Then she made a confession. She took the price tags off her clothes so that her nanny would not see them. I take the label off our $6 bread, she said. She did this, she explained, because she was uncomfortable with the inequality between herself and her nanny, a Latina immigrant. She had a household income of two... I can see both of you out of the corner of my eyes. <laughs> Maybe I'm just getting I'm just getting comfortable. <laughs> I can see both of you She's just... not embarrassed that she has a goddamn nanny? She's worried about the $6 bread? Somebody else is raising her motherfucking kids. Yeah. 
Um, she had a household income of $250,000 and inherited wealth of several million dollars. Relative to the nanny, she told me, the choices that I have are obscene. $6 bread is obscene. An interior designer I spoke with told me his wealthy clients also hit prices, saying that expensive furniture and other items arrive at their houses, quote, with big price tags on them that, quote, have to be removed or sharpied over so the housekeepers and staff don't see them. This is because they're afraid somebody's going to steal their shit. I, I think it's even deeper. It's even more psychologically, like, I just want to that. hear more. <laughs> Tom, Tom settled in for story time. I, this is, it's so funny that how we're all just trying to be somebody else. Because I'd, I'd, I'd fucking leave a high price tag on something to fucking show it off. You know, <laughs> that's it's the like thing. we're all trying to be something we're not at this right. uh, root level. And that's the that's the thing. It's not that they're scared of people stealing it. They're trying to hide their wealth. Which is interesting because we we think of like conspicuous consumption, right? We think All that right. like I'm a student of Thorsten Veblen, theory of the leisure <laughs> class. Yeah, go on. yeah. I'm, a, yeah, go on. Yes, go on. These people agreed to meet with me as part of research I conducted on affluent and wealthy. I'm probably saying that wrong. I've never known how to say affluent or affluent. Who and w- gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed 50 parents with children at home, uh, including 18. St- stay-at-home mothers. Highly educated, they worked or had worked in finance or related industries or had inherited assets in the millions of dollars. Nearly all were in the top 1% or 2% in terms of income or wealth or both. They came from a variety of economic backgrounds and about 80% were white. Reflecting their concern with anonymity in my research protocol, I'm using synonyms throughout this article. Okay. We often imagine that the wealthy are unconflicted about their advantages and in fact eager to display them. Since Thorsten Veblen coined the term oh conspicuous consumption in theory of the leisure class. I told you, motherfuckers. Wow. I think I made that up. Our current president is the conspicuous consumer in chief, the epitome of the rich person who displays his wealth in the glitziest way possible. Yet we believe that wealthy people seek visibility because those we see are, by definition, visible. In contrast, the people I spoke with expressed a deep ambivalence about identifying as affluent. Rather than brag about their money or show it off, they kept quiet about their advantages. They described themselves as, quote, normal people who worked hard and spent prudently, distancing themselves from common stereotypes of the wealthy as ostentatious, selfish, snobby, and entitled. Ultimately, their accounts illuminate a moral stigma of privilege. Another woman, speaking of her wealth of over $50 million, which she and her husband generated through work and finance, and her home value of over $10 million, told me, There's nobody who knows how much we spend. You're the only person I ever said those numbers to out loud. She was so uncomfortable with having shared this information that she contacted me later the same day to confirm exactly how I was going to maintain her anonymity. (laughs) Like she was uh, a whistleblower. (laughs) My God. <laughs> They'll never let me back into the clubs if they find out. Exactly. Um, let's see. Let's see. These conflicts often extended to a deep discomfort with displaying wealth. Scott, who had an inherited wealth of more than $50 million, told me he and his wife were ambivalent about the Manhattan apartment they had recently bought for over $4 million. Asked why, he responded, Imagine just being, <laughs> meh. We're so, so about, about a $4 million. <laughs> Dollar apartment in New York. Right. Do we want to live in such a fancy place? Do we want to deal with the person coming in and being like, wow, that wears on you? 
we're just not the type of people who wear it on our sleeve. We don't want that wow. Yeah, maybe you should have factored that in there, Scott, before wow. you. We don't want that wow. My interviewees never talked about themselves as rich or upper class, often preferring terms like comfortable or fortunate. Some even <laughs> I did. <laughs> You're fortunate if you you know you, you don't have uh you know a debilitating disease. <laughs> Some even identified as middle class or in the middle, typically comparing themselves with the super wealthy, who are especially prominent in New York City, rather than to those with less. When I used the word affluent in an email to a stay-at-home mom with a $2.5 million household income, a house in the Hamptons and a child in private school, she almost canceled the interview, she told me later. (laughs) I'm fucking, this is absurd. Others said that affluence meant never having to worry about money, which many of them, especially those in single earner families dependent on work and finance, said they did. Because earnings fluctuate and jobs are impermanent. Blah, blah, blah. More editorializing. Um, it is not surprising, then, that the people I talked with wanted to distance, them, distance themselves from the increasingly vilified category of the 1%. Anyways, the the uh, the takeaway here... Yes, please. <laughs> <clears throat> Rush to the point before I kill myself. I'm sorry. This is killing me. This is this is a pretty funny passage. Scott and his wife had spent six hundred thousand dollars in the year before our conversation. We just can't understand how we spent that much money. He told me that's kind of a little spousal joke, you know. Like, hey, do you feel like this is the six hundred thousand dollar lifestyle? Woo! Uh, <laughs> so he's saying that they feel like they didn't get their money's worth for spending six hundred thousand dollars. No, I think that he's saying that they. I think that. They spend so much that it just doesn't even really register them. So he's been obnoxious. Kind of. I think he's saying that, like, he doesn't even really think think, about it. Think about it. Like, it's just so easy to just spend money. So, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I mean, I. What's his name? Probably. His name is Scott, but this is a pseudonym because she's protecting their anonymity, man. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they know that if. (laughs) I'm going to write one of these pieces and just make up people. They're worried. (laughs) They're worried that resource generation is going to come after them. <laughs> Paramilitary. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Well, the funny thing to me about... <laughs> oh, yeah. The funny thing that I forgot to mention about that last week is that that actually did happen in the late 60s. That's basically what the Weather Underground was. You know, a bunch of rich kids, like, blowing shit mm-hmm. up. Because yeah. they felt bad about <laughs> their yeah. privilege and everything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, all that stuff is... There's a couple of things at foot here. One is that... I always feel like <laughs> if you didn't have like the sort of class anxiety of a rich kid who's probably doesn't have many like life and death like gritty experiences to call their own. I think this is why like you know in the 90s you always heard that like the super affluent white kids are the main consumers of rap music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. And all that kind of shit. Like I feel like that is kind of an extension of that. The weathermen were kind of like the progenitors of It was that. adventurism, for sure. But now, but now, like, resource generation's not going to really form a paramilitary wing. No. 
Because everything, everything now is just about conversations and narrative. And so, like, they can just talk their way out and don't have to make feelings any adjustments in their caucus. lifestyle. Yeah, the feelings caucus. The feelings caucus. <laughs> so imagine where we go from the weatherman to the feelings caucus. <laughs> it's funny. Basically, yeah. History repeats. It truly does repeat itself. First is tragedy, then is farce. (laughs) We live in the most farcical times imaginable. Not too different than (laughs) climate change creating new travel. Exactly. Canals. You're you're exactly right. Um, We we can't get rid of deeply, deeply disease. That's all we have to talk about. The reason... Another thing about the weather, man. Like, like famously, Bill Ayers and, like, you know, like during the Obama campaign and all that. If the weatherman would have, you know... And black and poor, they would never saw the light of day again. Right, so I'm saying all those people got off. I was about to say, didn't they all? Bill Ayers, the university. Yeah, professor. they all. None of them. None of them went to jail for life, did they? Well, I don't know. A I few of them who stayed that in that lifestyle did. Um, but Bill Ayers and, and a few others, they, he just kind of had a foot in. They were in it, but they they as they got older, they just became sort of a part of the bourgeois. They like. But they Elite. went to the feelings caucus. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. bet it felt better. <laughs> um, I I like articles like this because it gives you a glimpse into the culture of the one percent. You know, like yeah. into how they think and feel and what like like. And I think that that is funny to me because it it humanizes them. Um, and I think that that's necessary because you have to. I don't know. For me, it helps my anger uh, towards them become more real. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> to know that there are actual humans on the other side of this. To know that and they are betting on the future of Tiger Woods. That's how much money they have. Ah, that's not. That's a different class. Rich people don't do that. Rich people like spend a million dollars on fucking like a horse with three legs. Man, you know they do dumb shit. That's like like if you go to the horse track, don't go talk to the rich young aristocrats in the stands. Go talk to some poor bastard. Looks like he's at the end of his rope. He's got a hat says Santa Anita Derby '93 on it. <laughs> Smells like fucking gin. Um, you mean go to him for your for your picks for your picks. Um, these wealthy. Um, they worried about how to raise children who would themselves be, quote, good people rather than entitled brats. The context of New York City, especially its private schools, heightened their fear that their kids would never encounter the, quote, real world or have, quote, fluency outside the bubble, in the words of one inheritor. So what you were saying, I think this is why they listen to rap music. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, I mean, just look at it. Rich kids have always, like... The archetypal bohemian layabout is just like the rich, you know what I'm saying? Like the fucking beats, like when everybody was on the beats when they were around, like <laughs> that was their shit. Like all those guys, all those guys were fucking rich kids, you know what I mean? Right. The weatherman, the flower thing. crown wearing Coachella child, <laughs> exactly. yeah, the war bonnet sporting fucking Coachella right. goer. To be sure, these are New Yorkers with elite educations, and most are socially liberal. Wealthy people in other places or with other histories may feel more comfortable talking about their money and spending it in more obvious ways. And even the people I spoke with may be less reticent among their wealthy peers than they are in formal interview. Nonetheless, their ambivalence about recognizing privilege suggests a deep tension at the heart of the, of the idea of American dream. While pursuing wealth is unequivocally desirable, having wealth is not simple and straightforward. 
Our ideas about egalitarianism make even the beneficiaries of inequality comfortable with it, uncomfortable with it. And it is hard to know what they as individuals can do to change things. And this goes hand in hand with her other thing that she wrote about the rich kid revolutionaries, I think, about resource generation. Are these all excerpts from her book? <clears throat> I would ha- I would assume. Oh, she has a book. This probably has to be. Um, I'd be interested to talk to her. Mm. Um yeah, I don't know. Come it's, on the show. Yeah. Let's do a deeply, deeply diseased episode. <laughs> the only reason I said I wanted to phase that out, the only reason, is because I like to use that term in my day-to-day conversation. And now when I use it, I just feel like it's a bit. You're just, right. just pastiche. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've made elements of my life. <laughs> You you have yourself become the bit. I well, I get that too because I catch myself saying that, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm like fuck. Now it just feels like I'm on the podcast, and like I want to have a life outside of it. Well, you know how it originated. You remember how it originated? Uh, yeah, I re- I was using it casually on, on the, the radio. radio. <laughs> Eight a.m. community radio disease. show. Talk to your neighbors, folks. Yeah, go out, go out and talk. Unless they're rich, then yeah, don't bother. No. Rich people are deeply, well, deeply diseased. After this, do you disagree? I never disagreed. I agreed with you the whole time. Yeah, well, let me, uh, if you, speaking of rich people who are deeply, deeply diseased, just to sort of tack onto this point, can you think of like any diseases that are just inherent to the rich? Uh, yeah, uh, autoimmune disorders. Well, I mean, not not. I, that's probably really controversial. They're finding that autoimmune disorders are more common among the upper classes, and the the reason why is kind of hard to pin down. But scientists kind of think it might have to do with the fact that their environments are more sterile. sterile and they're not wow. subjected to as many germs and other things. That's not to say that if you have an autoimmune, because I have autoimmune disorder, I did not grow up in a wealthy environment. So it's it seems to me whatever it is that makes you gluten free is <laughs> <laughs> more common. Nah. I think that might be a different thing. No, I think that might be a different thing. <laughs> that. <laughs> You're talking about the thing that makes you think that you can't eat gluten, but in fact, you you're actually fine. don't have yours. You're fine. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. Like, gout used to be a, well, a, a Just disease. Corp- corpulence in general. Yeah. Like, you know? gout used to be a disease of the wealthy, and now it's a disease yeah. of the poor. Like, it yeah. used to be the fact, like, if you were, like, like very overweight, that was a rich person's, like, thing. Yeah. Right. You know, kind of a signifier. Right. Yeah. Now it's more likely. Not that that's. A, I'm not saying that's a disease. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I'm just saying that, like you know, most people couldn't eat. You know, you just, <laughs> just couldn't eat at a certain point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then of course you have like uh, Charles the Bewitched in Spain. What you know that was like all inbred and had like a million <laughs> things wrong with him. <laughs> there is that. And he ascended to the well, throne. Yeah, of course there's that. I mean, the rich people are all obviously inbreeding and they've got. <laughs> All kinds of fucked up. Like their nose ha- is like down here, and their eyes are in their forehead. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they are hideous. I mean, it's a, it's no small miracle that Prince William and Prince Harry became sex symbols because, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them are ugly as fuck. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Well, they uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I like so again, just to sort of like hit back on the on the the takeaway though. I like articles like this and um, 
I like this kind of stuff because, like I said, it humanizes these people, and and for me, that's good. I like, for me, that makes the anger more clear. Palpable. It makes it more palpable, and and it's almost, it's like dehumanizing them just makes it sort of abstract and and whatever. It's like I have to have a human face on it. You know what I'm saying? Because then it becomes more real. Like, I felt like that looking at the Derby. Yeah, Watching I, yeah. the Derby, I was like, yeah. this is an, uh, a... This is, this this looks like thousands of slave owners. Uh-huh. And it's, I think it's even supposed to have the sort of trappings of slave-owning society. It is a society. cosplay of that. Yeah. <laughs> Make no it's, mistake yeah, about it. Yeah, it is a cosplay. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's interesting to me that um, in, in terms of how... The, horse racing is um, treated in the sort of life moment compare it with the NBA you could almost put the two you could put like NFL and horse racing in one and the NBA in another it's weird it's like when they show the owner of the NBA team it's like a guy like Mark Cuban generally like a guy bro yeah a guy that's trying to be cool or you know what I mean like wears like jeans about 48 years old yeah whereas like the NFL and and they always sit courtside and stuff like that the NFL owner and the horse owner sit high up in the their glass box yeah exactly and they're also a good point and they're all surrounded by all their rich friends and you know what I mean like that has this more um sort of owner mentality to it I'm not saying that you can't really put a value. You're not saying there's like good NBA owners. No, no, I'm not (laughs) saying that at all. I'm just saying that like the way that it's constructed. The difference in aesthetics. Yes. The way it's constructed in the moment, the sort of media product that you're being presented with is slave owner. And then you've got the trainers and the coaches, the the managers, and then you've got the sort of the jockeys. It's a reinforcement of plantation politics. Really? Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. And I just can't believe how, I mean, okay, the the winning horse wins $2 million, but did we even figure out a calculation of how much the entire derby, how much money is wrapped up in the entire derby? I forgot what the pool was, but I mean, it's it's astronomical. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. That's how they figure out the payouts. I mean, and even, I mean, it's even more... Just act, act the accuracy to what you're saying is that almost all of these horses are actually kept by immigrants, like all the farms in in uh, Central Kentucky. Yeah, like, like they, they have the most intimate relationships with these and the know, twelve million, yeah, yeah, twelve uh, million yeah. dollar horses. You're exactly right. Yeah, and these horses are beat within an inch of their lives. Don't get me wrong, but they're living in nicer places than any of us <laughs> have ever seen. <laughs> They live in better conditions than we'll ever know. You know? That's I was telling, I mean, this this should have been a deeply diseased segment. When I catered, I would bartend these open horse sales. Uh-huh. And so I was like in, I was basically bartending in a horse stall. Yeah. A glorified, you know, but very nice. Right. And there'd be kings, you know, sultans, whatever, like floating <laughs> around these fucking horses. Yeah, you go to farms. Kingdom there and follow me, you're liable to see the Sultan of Bahrain just kind of. <laughs> yeah, these are. This is like you know, that's fucking crazy. It's wild. It's absolutely. Insane. Yeah. Meanwhile, the horse didn't really think much about the outcome or anything. He's just like, yeah, put me back in the stable, <laughs> fucking jack me off, and fucking feed me oats. <laughs> 
Hey, bro, you got any of those painkillers? Because that's the thing. They always shoot the horses up with, like, steroids and painkillers and shit just to get them through the fucking... I yeah, mean... imagine that. You basically get to robo-trip, get jacked off, and fed oats. <laughs> And That's you get a, a crop taken to your ass occasionally. Yeah. There's a worse reality. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen a horse get inseminated? Not in person, but I think I've seen videos of Just it. see it. Don't they do it on jackass? I think they did it on jackass. Yeah, yeah, I think they did it on jackass. Which is like my reference for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that on jackass. <laughs> and, and, all, and of course all these people are the worst tippers of all time. Mm. Yeah. Well, the global... Um, the global elite the glo- tend to be bad tippers, Jenny. <laughs> Fuck, man. Even like, I, you know, I worked a party, a catering party at a house in Lexington that had a helicopter pad. And it was like, it Is was horse Lee Major's people. house? I don't know who it was, but it was horse people. William Shatner, he lives in Lexington. Does he? Yeah. Really? Yeah, on a horse farm, yeah. No way. Swear to God. That's hilarious. That's crazy. Anyway, we worked for like six hours loading in all the food to the van, setting up their party, waiting on them and pouring their drinks, serving, keeping their appetizers coming for like two and a half, three hours. Then all the cleanup. They tipped me and the other girl $40, $20 each. Jesus to Christ. To serve like, there were like 25 people there. <laughs> But well, they hoard just, everything. Just it's just calm. I mean, he handed it to me. I, I think. Was just like, I think. Oh, what, what, the, what the fuck is wrong with? What the world is heading towards, I think, is what is probably best described as like fortress politics. The hoarding of wealth, as we just saw in this thing that we just read, and then you've got, in the face of climate change and the creation of a sort of new political order that will, like these people don't fucking care. Like we, on our episode, we, uh, our Patreon episode, we had Sarah, our friend Sarah Miller on to talk about, um, Miami and like rising sea levels there. Like these people don't give a shit about that. Like they actually, like displaced people doesn't fucking matter to them. They care about the trade routes. They care mm-hmm. about, as we were saying, the sort of real estate assets, stuff like that. Like this. They really are in denial that there are climate refugees. They absolutely are in denial about this. They're not. I, I, I just think they don't care. They're. It's like we said last week. They're building up their own police forces just to be able to. Yeah. Just to be able to uh, keep our, keep the rabble in line. I don't know. It's ecofascism, folks. That's the thing. <laughs> For sure. It's gonna be so scary when all the shit's underwater. You know how fucking scary it is to get in the ocean, and then you start thinking about shit that's down there. <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine fucking uh, going to check your goddamn mail and hearing the Jaws keys just key up in your head. Going to check your mail. Well, uh, what's what's the clock on Miami? Uh, well, they were saying that um, that by twenty by twenty one hundred it will have risen. The sea level will have risen about six feet. By twenty fifty, it's about three feet. Um, they're saying by twenty fifty they'll have about two hundred and wasn't it like 250 days a year of sunny day flooding? You know, like days when it just floods without rain. The overwhelming majority of the year, it's just flooding yeah. for no goddamn reason. Sunny day flooding, yeah. flooding. So, and so that's like, and then another hundred is actual rain flooding. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it's like we said before, I, I think that the right wing, they don't have this conception of climate change that we do, obviously. I, I think that they, they know it exists and they're, fine with that they can see a world beyond it a lot of us on the left were like the world is ending climate you know like 
that we're we're approaching a sort of like I don't know what the word would be year zero or something where like climate wipes out wipes out (laughs) yeah and i don't think the right sings it that way at all i think they see it as like they see opportunity that's what that that, one that's exactly to charge people to live in the in the shit here's what i've been thinking about the past couple days because me and terrence have been trying to come to terms with the fact that we might just be rad libs Trying futilely sometimes it feels like to be Rad true lives. Marxist. Rad lives, right. Well, for the rest of our lives, I I, I feel like this all the time. We're just going to be saying, when I what back when I was a liberal, back when I was a socialist, right. back when I was a communist. Well, then what will we gonna, be at that the point? The line's going to keep moving, and it's going to be like <laughs> there might be some. We're going to be an movement. alien eventually. Back when I was a human, them sons of bitches. Um, what what were you saying? So? Carry on. We, you're yeah, right, there, might, yep. there might be some guy that like sprouts gills a la Waterworld that comes up with some <laughs> bitch and new philosophy. But <laughs> anyway, I've, we'll be conservatives. I've, I've, I've found the, 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 the common thread with impending ecological disaster is this is whereas we see it as doom and gloom, these people see it as opportunity. We're, I was about this even with the means TV thing, it's just like. Like, even all the shit we talk about, economic just transition, Appalachian transition, all this shit, it's just trying to figure out what we can do with all this flattened fucking land to squeeze a little more capital out of it. Same thing when shit's going to be underwater. It's like we made a joke about Andrew Cunan and tourism. Like, you'll be able to scuba dive in the Versace mansion, <laughs> see where Versace was shot, and some tour guide will just tell you underwater that, yeah, it's crazy, he was shot here, eight feet below the right. sea, you know? Right. And, uh... I think that's just what it that's just what it's gonna be. Like we have this conception of the world I and mean, this is not a new point, but we've talked about it on the show before, but we have this conception of this like brave new world. But these people that are the power brokers are going to still dictate that world if we don't, you know, do something. And they're just gonna figure out they're just gonna make the adjustments and like what are we gonna do? You know? Yeah. We're gonna be dead. Well, a lot <laughs> we of We will not survive it. A lot of us will be, but... We uh, won't be in their number crunches. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. I've got hope that the next generation, Gen Z, seems like they've got pretty good. <laughs> Let me tell you something, pal. As a gambling man, they bet on us. <laughs> loser. We bet on Gen X. Fucking loser. <laughs> you think you don't think Gen Z, will, Gen Z has it in them either? I hope they do. I hope they do. But I just feel like every generation says, nah, we were the one that was supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I'm not going to be crotchety about it till we <laughs> see it. And, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I do get a lot of hope when I go to Sexy Sex Ed workshops and like half the participants are trans. And I'm like, do you know how difficult it is as a teenager to see beyond the gender binary like how what a what a stranglehold the gender binary has on our society to to say fuck that as a teenager like you're well on your way to saying fuck the whole empire you know what i mean Te- teens slip it's it's a it's they, a they've got some good ideas <laughs> <laughs> you're the oldest man alive <laughs> that's Fucking the gender binary <clears throat> as a 12-year-old being like, no, this is bullshit. If you can see beyond the gender binary, mm. you can see beyond a lot of yeah. the bullshit of this empire. Yeah, there's there's some signs of hope for sure. Yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> if you uh, if you hope that we keep making content, you should go support our Patreon. This is where you need to pull out the piano again. Mm. P A T R O. I'll bring it out eventually. You know, you just hate to overdo something, you know? Um, <laughs> we'll synth the Patreon. I'll bring it back out. We'll make you miss it, and then we'll bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, go check out the Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Um, if you don't know how that works or aren't interested, don't send Tanya a check. That's exactly what you should do. <laughs> Definitely send me a check. I mean, we don't. I, I had to say, well, we don't have an LLC yet. Okay, well, if you send Tanya a check, send two more. One with my name on it, one with Tom's name on it. Take that part out by the LLC. Because <laughs> I don't want somebody saying, oh, they don't. Just fucking sue us. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Why would they do that? What did the, Is this as important as... Well, I don't know anything about taxes, man. Anyways, uh, go check out the Patreon. The IRS, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, again, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tribbly Workers Party. Uh, we got episodes there every Sunday. <clears throat> and they're good. So go listen to them. Make snide comments in the comment section. We'll read them. Make snide comments to the snide comments. Yeah. Oh, is that what people do? Yep. <clears throat> How do I see this? Uh, subscribing to our Patreon. Yeah, it costs you five <laughs> bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> Reinvest your donations. All right. Uh, well, we'll see you next week. Bye.